0: Hello and welcome to Lorewatch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm okay. And as am I. Uh, We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Instead of answering questions, we have a theme. Now that said, if you have questions for the show, be sure to send those in. You can send them in to podcasts at blizzardwatch.com. Just make sure you specify what show it's for. If you want to send them in via Discord, you can go ahead and hit us up on our Patreon Q and podcast questions channel. We tend to look there first for suggestions on themes or questions. We do have several that we're going to get to, trust me. Uh, but this theme sort of organically popped up after last, last episode. Again, thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you can't support us on Patreon monetarily, we understand listening to the show is its own form of support. Uh, you can still ask us questions. And if you don't want to send us emails, you can go ahead and hit us on our QN Podcast Questions channel on Discord. We will look there as well. And be sure to share the show with your friends. Uh, it helps grow our listenership, which is immensely helpful. So, What happened at the end of last week's episode is Matt and I were sitting down and we were like, you know, one of these days we should just do a whole episode about what we think an elf expansion would look like. And then Matt said, well, why don't we just do that next week? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what an elf expansion we think would or could look like. Now, I think going through some of the highlights of all the things that have happened to elves is probably a prudent point to start at, unless you disagree, Matt.
1: Yes, viral like instead <laughs> let's talk about gnomes. No, I'm mean, fine, let's go.
0: So, over the course of the Warcraft history, like elves have just had basically everything done to them. They've lost numerous homes, have had a faction that has been divided and evolved over time uh into different uh, I, I don't want to say like offshoot branches because they're all still elves. They all still start from the same place, but they've all had wildly different experiences and have adapted to their environments across the face of Azeroth. So the one thing that we should note, and if you are unfamiliar with elves is that at one point in time, they were trolls. Don't tell that to an elf though. I'm pretty sure they have very strong feelings about that, but at one point they were, uh, what it was the, which tribe was it again,
1: Matt? Uh, It was night trolls. Dark trolls are called.
0: Dark trolls, which settled around the banks of the wound that was left behind, the Well of Eternity, uh, that was essentially left behind when they plucked Yasharaj, when the Titans plucked Yasharaj out of the out of Azeroth itself. As the yep. trolls settled down, they eventually began to evolve and stood up straighter and got a little bit. I don't want to say like thinner, but they bulked out in different ways and uh, became the elves that we know of today, the ones that. We're basically divided between, what, Night and High Elves, right?
1: Well, I mean...
0: Oof. It's complicated, I know. I'm trying to condense it yeah. down.
1: <laughs> the, the High Elves themselves were originally just an offshoot of the Night Elves. It was more like a subset within Night Elf society. It wasn't like a, their own people. The Highborn, they were called, the uh, the Quel'dari, were they called themselves the Children of Noble Birth. It was basically just a status thing. It wasn't you're a different kind of elf. It was, you know, you're a noble in the society. Uh, over time, the Kaldorai became very adept at arcane magic because arcane magic was the means to power for the ancient Caldari Empire. And thus, if you weren't a mage, you, you ha- if you weren't into magic, you had somebody on staff who was. It just, you weren't getting anywhere without a magician somewhere involved. After the well, the, war of, you know, the Well of Eternity, the War of the Ancients, when the well of eternity was basically imploded and the, uh, the much of the continent of ancient Kalimdor was subsumed under, into the waves, their society changed as it would have had to. But a lot of people, a lot of the quelled didn't want to abandon magic. Even the ones that had ultimately sided with the, uh, the, the, their own kind against the demons didn't want to give up arcane magic. It
0: was just integral to like their society, right? It was just, it it was just just an identity of themselves, Right.
1: Yeah, they, at this point, it was how they had defined themselves for, you know, however many years they had done so. Um, so when the the Calderai under Tyrande Whisperwind and, you know, Malfurion Stormrage basically banned arcane magic, said, you can't do this anymore. It's too destructive. Look at the the cost to the world. They were like, no. Uh and they basically created a storm to try and show off their power and why they were necessary. Instead of that working, it basically got them banished. The, uh, the other night elves really like, get out. We don't want you around. And so led by, you know, Dathramar Sunstrider. Um, I don't know what his last name would have been in, in Thalassian. We never actually get to see that. No. So again, we, we don't get to see Malfurion Stormrage's name in, alassian the either they just translate them but sunstrider was always a, unusual n- even for a, a night elf he'd always been unusual even for a caldera uh he liked daytime he liked the sun he liked going around that's that's not very very night elfy the caldera literally means uh children of the stars so in essence that's why they they became different people uh, before that split they were the same people just some of them considered themselves better than the others when that split happened and they exiled themselves across the new sea what we call the great sea to what is now they first showed up in what is now Lorderon, but they were like oh there's something weird going on here we don't want to be here and then moved further inland they started changing they'd been cut off from the well of eternity that had been destroyed. They were cut off from the new well of eternity that Illidan had made using the water from the old well. Uh, they couldn't get to that either. Um, but they did have access to something that Dathramar used to create a different kind of well, the sun well and exposure to the sun well changed them. Uh, they started, they, they, they noticeably were different. Their skin, their hair, their eyes, all of it was different. Um, I don't know of how you would describe the difference between them. You know, they tend to be shorter and more gracile. If that makes any sense, they're, they tend to be less bulky than night elves. Night they're, elves kind of have
0: a—they're built for speed more than they are for. I, I guess it's a weird way to say it, but like they're—they're they're just life. They're just what much more life.
1: I would say that if you think of uh, night elves as linebacker type builds, uh, high elves had more of a a dancer type build.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Um.
1: Now that's the difference between night elves and high elves. And for a while, that was the only real division and they were physically separated. They, there were, they were like an entire ocean between them and they, they did not communicate very often. Occasionally a high elf would somehow get over to Kalimdor using magic. Uh, there's a place up in winter spring where you, there, you actually, there's a quest where some, some high elves show up and, and they've been, they've come back looking for, you know, to, because while they lived a long time, they weren't immortal like the High the Night Elves. The Night Elves had the the uh, World Tree, uh, Nordrasil, and the pact that was made with the dragons that made them immortal. They couldn't they didn't die of old age anymore. Like technically they weren't immortal. They just were unaging. Uh, you could kill them. Uh, lots of them got killed over years, but you they didn't die of old age. Whereas the the High Elves would live a couple thousand years, but they would die. Like they they didn't. They didn't have that endless youth. Dathramar has been dead for a while, for example. Uh, but still, I mean, you, know, you can't really complain about living a couple thousand years. It's not like it's bad. It's a bad deal. Um, regardless, to them, it became legendary. Like, this is stuff that happened 10,000 years ago. You know, that's that's like your great-grandpa's time. Whereas for the Night Elves, it was yesterday. Because they don't age. They, they get to a certain point, and then they just stop dying. Like, stop aging. Yeah, here we are. Up until the Well of Eternity, I mean, up until Nordisol was destroyed, uh, that's that's when that got changed. But so that was the only division for a while. I'm stopping now so you can talk. <laughs> uh,
0: that was really the only division for a while. But it, again, that was something that is is notable, right? Two at this point, we have the two separate branches that begin to uh, expand and, and develop their own cultures, and eventually, just they're just gulfs apart, right? Um, Then with everything that happens with the devastation of uh, let's fast forward a little bit, Uh, the we'll call them high elves still at this point, the they have their own society. And then all of a sudden, what happens? The events of Warcraft three happens and a certain human death knight shows up after uh, a period of time and completely decimates them. There's almost nothing left at that point. Uh, they're essentially a group of stragglers and survivors that try to eke out an existence for X amount of time. Um, Not only this, but it leads to uh, sort of trying to think of how to explain Kael'thas. Kael'thas taking over as leader uh, was an interesting thing for them at that time because one, he escaped the devastation of their homeland. And when he returned, uh, there were lots of things that weren't there anymore. One, like the Sunwell which meant that the source of essentially their existence wasn't there anymore. And that basically put them into a tailspin as Kalthas was trying to find every which way he could to essentially let his people survive. This led to uh, what is greatly considered some bad decision making. Uh, Alliances made that probably should not have been made, fights that he probably would have been better off not getting into, uh, and eventually led to him working with the Legion. This is where, again, more tragedy occurs, because at this point we see the sort of what are now essentially blood elves going through a withdrawal process. They become husks of their former selves if they don't have uh, the energies to sort of like sustain themselves, Uh, and it creates even more division and tragedy. Uh, And they're not members of the Horde at this point. In fact, they're just basically members of the Legion and working with Illidan at at several points in time. And again, we're trying to condense a lot of years into a very short period of time. We're going to miss stuff or we're going to glance over stuff and I apologize in advance. So now they're rebuilding. You have Lothamar taking over in place of Kalphas after all of those events happen. They're trying to rebuild their society, which is still besieged by undead, as well as trolls, uh, which they're not exactly the fans of the Armani that are basically right there. Uh, and they're not doing so great. Now, the Night Elves also have their own trials and tribulations. You have a nightmare creeping through... Uh, the emerald dream ever so slightly you have malfurion who has basically pulled himself back uh from essentially night elf society for thousands of years at this point how long was he in slumber for
1: pretty much uh he would get up he would wake up from time to time but pretty much from the moment they made the pact at Nordrasil, which is just after the the war of the ancients so, so we're talking a solid 9k years
0: yeah so least. so he's removed himself from society for that that period of time leaving uh Terand to lead their people. All the meanwhile, they're getting uh waylaid with the, well, they don't even understand what's happening to them because you have Xavius doing his stuff in the background. Uh, the Satyrs try who are former elves, another offshoot in evolution, uh basically undermining them. And then it leads us to just even more just I don't even know how to describe I keep saying tragedy. Elves have getting have basically gotten a raw deal all the way through.
1: All right, here's here's what I'm going to try and do for us. Uh, I'm going to try to run through everything that happened yeah. to the Night Owls in that time, from about nine thousand years ago. Malfurion and his uh, his druid supporters, in between their their extended you know hundreds of years long naps, uh, tried to develop something called the pack form. This didn't work out. Uh, the pack form drew upon the power of. Uh, goldrin the the wolf ancient also known as lagosh to other peoples goldrin wasn't stable anymore because during the war of the ancients he'd been hit by so much fell power while fighting to defend the the world that he'd gone kind of insane so tapping into goldrin's power it granted him the ability to create a new form it was like a giant hybrid warg human thing but the power was came at the price of madness. You couldn't control it. He attacked Cenarius while using this form. Um, Scenarios barely managed to stop him. So he forbade that form. But during a war with various satyrs called uh, you know, the the, the the War of the Satyr, uh, or the War Against the Green Flame, the uh, pack form got rediscovered by several night elves, including one named Loral Fang Fangfire. And this is where the Curse of the Worgen comes from. So that happened about 9k years. Uh, at some other point, <clears throat> they had a long period of basically trying to get the world back into some kind of shape. Keep in mind that half the continent it was just underwater now, and all their older places, like Suramar, as far as they knew, they were gone. Like they, there was very few people who knew anything about, you know, any place that's on like the Broken Isles or what have you. They did. They just did not know about those places. Um, as far as they knew they were gone so they trying to rebuild their society they don't have access like pretty much every night elf alive for that ten thousand year period after the war was a refugee like because every place that they'd settled in was pretty much gone
0: or cut, off. They,
1: cut off or gone I, I mean and as far as they knew gone uh so they ended up settling in in mostly what is now called Northern Kalimdor. They had settlements in other places. They had one in Silithus. You can still see this the evidence of it. They had one in Feralos, and that's, the, 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 that's still there. Feathermoon Stronghold is basically built on the remains of it. Uh, to watch, of all things, it was to watch another former Night Elf settlement... <clears throat> Eldrathalus, which is now called Dire Mole, a lot of it, you, you can see the ruins of the Night Elf Society on both continents. Uh, there's plenty of them over on the Eastern Kingdoms as well, but they weren't currently over there. Or at least if they were, it was like they would travel through one of the portals, because during this time, Fandral Staghelm, who is one of Malfurion's like, top students he was awake a lot more than Malfurion was because Malfurion was basically handling the whole healing the world and the Emerald dream aspect of things. So, f- so, uh, because
0: mm-hmm. again, they haven't realized exactly what the cause of or what the uh, extent of the nightmare really was the, just that the, the thing that they were entrusted to was sort of just not doing what it was supposed to do and not looking the way it was supposed to.
1: Well, keep in mind too. The nightmare wasn't even noted known, known of in these days too. Correct. Like, it, no, it wasn't known as the nightmare. Are. Yeah. Yeah. The Rift of Alm, they didn't know what the deal was with that. But so while Malfurion was basically taking extremely long naps to try and heal the world from like the whole half of it sank, part of the, 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 the old days, the Sundering, uh, his, his student, whose name I just knew and said Fandral, uh, Fandral Staghelm, was basically trying to fix the world himself by planting more world trees just all over the place. Anywhere he could go, he'd, pry, he'd try and fix it with a big tree. That was, I am surprised that when Fandral had a child, he didn't try using a tree to stop its bedwetting or what have you, because that's what he was doing. He just, every time he came up with a problem, a world tree was his solution. Uh, there's a world tree up in, Grizzly Hills. Uh, yes. Grizzly Hills up in, uh, ice crown. That's him. He planted that, um, the various trees like the, the around the world, that have portals on them. Those were all Fandral. Fandral planted those trees too. He's attempting to deal with. He's found. He finds a a saronite deposit. He builds a tree. Like that's seriously his go. Like hey, there's some kind of old god corruption here. Tree. So at some point he was over on the Eastern Kingdoms planting trees because there's two big tre- you know portals with giant trees growing out of them, and that was his doing. He he just loved planting trees. So he that's one of the things that the Night Elves were trying to do. Was was fixed the planet from all the damage it had gone through through the sundering from all the old god corruption, and as a result of all that, about a thousand years ago, th- the worst thing before the return of the old of the uh, legion happened in that the the one of the old gods, C'Thun, woke up. Like before that, we had old god minions. We've had like Cthrax and uh, you, you know Zakajaz. And other things like that, Chithraxi minions, we have had those things. Kithix, Those things are dangerous and bad. No one no one's arguing that they're good. It's it's very bad when one of those things wake up. But Cthune woke up. And when Cthun woke up, it sent out its uh, no longer Akir minions, the Karaji they're now called. It sent them forth to do its bidding, and what resulted was the War of the Shifting Sands, which the Night Elves were getting their butts kicked in. They were losing and losing badly. They got driven out of Silithus. They got driven across Un'Goro. And the only reason they didn't get driven further north when they got to Tanaris was because on their way north, they stopped and basically begged the the Bronze Dragonflight for help. The Bronze Dragonflight said no, that that's not our deal. And then luckily for the Night Elves, the, uh, the Silithid and Karaji armies attacked them attack the uh, bronze dragons,
0: forcing them to intervene yeah. when they normally wouldn't have.
1: Yeah. They were like, we're, we we do time stuff, but we can't let you attack us in our home. So they ended up teaming up with the, the night elves, but this kind of soured Fandral's r- relations with the, with the dragons, especially when on fighting their way back to Silithus and beginning to fight their way into uh, the Ankaraj, which was the place that they were, the uh, Karaji were coming from. Fandral's son was kidnapped and murdered in front of him by the general. uh, I can't remember the general's name, but the general of the Karaji forces murdered Fandral's son, literally in front of him to try and break him. And it it worked. Fandral basically shut down. He was like, you know, my only son dead. Uh, But they, the, the dragons and the elves managed to push the uh, Karaji back. They couldn't defeat them. So several really prominent dragons basically sacrificed themselves to buy them time to, Basically, put a barrier of null time around around crash like just like a barrier that nothing could enter or leave because there was like no time in it anymore. And that lasted for a while, but unfortunately, old gods are what they are. So that, we're coming back on that one. But that's the kind of thing that was happening to the elves all the time. Like if if it wasn't an army of satyrs, it was their own kind driven crazy into werewolfism. If it wasn't that. It was some weird scythe of a loon that somehow was, you know, doing all sorts of bad stuff because it was actually like Goldrin related, uh, which is also tied again into the worgen. If, if it wasn't that, oh, the Silithid and the Karaji are invading. It just, you know, 10,000 years of, nut, of nutty stuff. Meanwhile, over mean, on the other side.
0: Yeah, meanwhile, on the other side, you have uh, Descending into Madness. You have your city being literally cleaved in half. Uh, your royalty being completely decimated, your uh the leadership of your military force, the Far Striders, being uh not only murdered, but being resurrected and used against you in a mockery of life. Uh, then having your supposed leader, the brightest star that that had ever shown, uh take over, make deals with fell powers, uh curse your people into needing the fell energies at this point now in order to survive uh while then still uh, can. Deming your the rest of your people to a slow and steady death uh, until eventually you can have your source of power reignited, uh, which that's a whole complicated thing and does involve the blue dragon flight as well. Uh, It is weird. Uh, Women that turn into pools of magic should not be a form of government. Um, Not only that, but now you have in that pursuit of survival, you have an entire group of of elves, these high elves that capture a Naru and consume its light in order to basically become not just paladins but to essentially purge themselves of the fell addiction and leading to a whole series of complicated choices joining the horde uh and then having to justify that after your own people reject you because that's a thing that happens as well after uh, reaching out to the people that you had long since lost contact with, t- t- telling them that you want to come back to Elf Society, that you want to uh, join up again and, and be part of the whole, only to be told, nah, we're good, you can stay on this island because y'all done some real shady stuff, peace. Uh, then going to the Horde, which is almost anathema to you because the Horde was the first thing that caused your people problems. Uh, Orcs and trolls and the original, the OG horde that came through the the dark portal murdered your people, continued to murder your people for years and years and years. Uh, They devastated the world multiple times, and you are left to deal with that, Uh, then leading to the modern day sort of gulf between them. Uh, There's more complicated stuff in there, but now we also have other divisions within the elves themselves. On the Night Elf side, they brought mages back. They brought the High Elves back. High Elves that had been separated uh, and, and sort of integrated back into it, which just led to further questionable blood between the Blood Elves and the Night Elves. Because it's like, oh, you told us no because we were tainted by magic before, but yet yeah, here you go. You're you're accepting these, these ones that are, you know, never stopped using magic back into your ranks. Okay, we see how it is. To some dedicating themselves to the power of the void where you have uh, Lyria Windrunner who has basically just said okay cool we're going to take an offshoot of all these high elves and other elves that you know were formerly of the alliance that were formerly allied with the night elves and say, cool, we're going to accept these void powers, creating even a further division. Whereas on the Blood Elf side, there's a reintegration of the society that was once thought lost to them. We talked before about Suramar being lost and in, in believing that it was under the water for 10,000 years. Only to discover that, no, it, it didn't. It was still there. Uh, and it was under in a magical bubble uh, that basically kept them separated from everything, leading them to have the same problems that the blood elves wound up having with that magical addiction, except it was to their arcane font, uh, having the same problems of becoming wretched and uh, withdrawn from their power source, some or their food source, their sources, survival and longevity to the point where they were had entire groups of outcasts. They had to be almost tyrannical to keep their people alive. Uh, then seeing this reestablished uh, colony, then fall under the sway in a deal being made with the legion which caused a lot of the problems that the elves had in the first place then having them try to be uh, reintegrate back into society at the end of that which is at the end of uh the, the end of the events of legion where now both factions are trying to vie for this faction of of nightborn elves to join with them only to have what are now the blood elves reach out and say look we understand we've been exactly where you were we understand what it's like to go through all these trials and tribulations. Why don't you, you know, join us? And that creates even more division between the elves, which now leads us to, well, the current events of the last, we'll say couple expansions, starting with the burning of Teldrassil. Would you like to talk about that, man? I know you have strong feelings.
1: Um, I do have strong feelings, but it's the burning of Teldrassil in, in many ways is, is the start of the post-Legion World of Warcraft that we're still, we're kind of feeling our way through right now. Um, What happened there is pretty simple. Sylvanas Windrunner was already working with the Jailer, and so she decided her goal was to destroy the Alliance. But more importantly, it was to provoke a war between the Alliance and the Horde that would lead to a lot of people dying, because she needed as many people to be dead as possible in order to swell the ranks of the Jailer's minions. Keep in mind that we now know that in the, in the Shadowlands, the anima drought was happening, and anybody who died was just going straight to the maw, where the jailer would use them literally as material. Like you saw that he would grab their souls mm-hmm. and turn them into machines. Like he was beating them into weapons and armor and constructs. Uh, so that was her goal. Her aim was to do that, it was to provoke a war, and it worked. Uh, she got her to war. The Alliance and Horde, she basically led an attack. She fainted an attack to the south. The Alliance sent its forces to the south uh, to defend against it, and she showed up instead marching north straight from uh, Orgamar through the zone that's called Ashara, not to be mistaken with the Queen who's called Ashara, um, but it is named after her. Through that zone, straight into. Um, ashenvale which was a primarily night elf zone where they they killed their way through like a, the major night elf settlement there then marched up through Darkshore to you know right up to striking distance of of darnassus but it was it wasn't striking distance Had they not had access to um azurite they couldn't have done anything to darnassus like cat- sure they could have used some catapults and launched flaming projectiles at the the gigantic tree but those wouldn't have done anything. It would it would have been like trying to set an actual tree on fire by lobbing a couple matches at it. Maybe you'll get lucky, but probably you won't. However, these were Azerite catapults. They were throwing enhanced munitions, and once Sylvanas gave the order to use them, Darnassus was doomed. Uh, the loss of life between the the horde offensive and the attack directly on Darnassus is still unknown, but at least a, at least a thousand elves died. Uh, probably a lot more we know that at least a thousand because there's a quest you get uh it's no longer in the game but at the time when you would be doing that event if you're alliance you would get a quest to basically try and save a thousand people from darnassus as it's on fire you pass out 30 people in from smoke inhalation and you barely survive you barely dragged out so yeah about a about a thousand people at least died. Probably more because there were villages all over the pl- the island that were not Darnassus.
0: Oh, easily more, plus everything that was yeah. on the shore and everything else. Yeah, yeah.
1: everything. They, I mean, they evacuated as many people as they could. Uh, and it, keep in mind, at the time, the Alliance seriously thought the fullback position was the Exodar on Azure Mist Island. They were getting ready for that to get in. The reason that didn't happen was because while Sylvanas had achieved her goal, she'd, you know, nearly gotten killed by Malfurion. Uh, the the Alliance was most likely going to come back in force and they, they didn't think they could hold it. So they, they pulled back to the mainland. This led to basically one of the things about this. One of the reasons that, that division has come between elves at this point is because this was directly after the Nightborn of Suramar joined up with the, the, the blood elves and the horde. And there were blood elves in the force that attacked the night elves. Mm-hmm. They, they were directly there. There were Night Elf, there were Blood Elf Paladins like attacking Night Elf settlements that had like no military to them. They were like fishing villages. Um, that's, there's a lot of hostility on the Night Elf side towards both the nightborn and the the Blood Elves now. that That wasn't really there before. Before the Blood Elves were really mad at the Night Elves for spying on them because they did. And for not, you know, not being particularly receptive to them when they came looking for help, but now there's a direct blame on the Alliance side, and that blame hasn't gone anywhere. Like it's been three years since the end of Shadowlands, and there's nothing in game yet that tells us what the the Night Elves have been doing. Uh, there's one very little thing that that will be picked up later as the story advances, but we don't. There, like where we know where the 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 Undead are living right now. We know where they settled back down in Lordaeron. There were quests we know that they've had Lord around for 3 years we haven't still to find out what the night elves have been doing for the past as- years
0: aside from we know that they fell back to hyjal
1: yeah but we knew that before right they fell back to hyjal before as tr- in, as far as we know since the end of battle for azeroth and so that's been about 6 years at this point they've been living in hyjal and we don't really know what that means or what that looks like. What have they been doing at Hyjal? We know Nordrasil is basically almost back; it's almost completely regrown. But we don't know what they're doing there. You know, again, are they fortifying it? What what, what is happening there? We and I'm gonna just drop a spoiler here for Dragonflight. Um, if you don't know that this is happening in Dragonflight, guys, I'd say skip ahead a minute. Mm-hmm. But at the uh, in the in the middle of all this other stuff happening, Ysera had died during Legion. Which was a huge blow to the Night Elves because Ysera and the Night Elves are super tight. In Dragonflight, Malfurion trades himself for Ysera. That's not permanent. He will not be staying in the Shadowlands forever. But he's currently in the Shadowlands and Ysera is currently back with the dragon. Um, As a result, though, she will not become the Aspect again. If they get their Aspect powers back, she's not going to take them. Because she's not really back like she's still tied to um the winter queens she's uh, she's transcended
0: that form essentially
1: yeah she's part of ardenweald like she's still tied to it the only reason she could come back through was because you know malfurion basically is willing to let her be there in his place and is in there is there in her place so that that's happened too so now that malfurion has gone Taranda has literally been through hell the past few years like she saw she saw Darnassus die she failed to save it uh in part because Malfurion got sucker punched he he basically was fighting off Sylvanas he was going to win too there's no two ways about it he was going to kill Sylvanas and he didn't realize that Saurfang was there until Saurfang hit him in the back and almost killed him and then Taranda showed up and would have killed him but there was Malfurion almost dead and she chose to save him and get him out of there which meant that she wasn't there when Darnassus was set on fire but i don't think even she, i don't think she understood that that was going to happen mm-hmm. like she didn't know that the horde was going to attack Darnassus why would she know that that it didn't make any sense like no one knew that the horde had Azerite powered catapults that could burn down Darnassus i mean Feldrassel Darnassus was on top of it so when all that happened the Night Elves went, you know, they'd already lived through a world-changing cataclysm once. They've managed to fight off the Legion the second time it returned. They, they made an alliance with outsiders, which is something they had not done in ever. They had never done this. This is not like the High Elves that became the Blood Elves had made alliances before. They allied with the humans to, to fight off the, the trolls the first time. They joined the Human Alliance uh, in, during the Second War. They had an idea of how to go about doing that. Night elves had not done it ever for any reason.
0: No, they stayed secluded intentionally.
1: Yeah. I mean, the closest they came was occasionally they noticed there were some torn around and kind of wave, Like they, they were not big on outside groups. They're, they're, they're a touch more xenophobic. And as a result, they made an alliance with like these, these strange humans and others like the dwarves and so forth people. They had not dwarves were just as new to them as, as humans. Like they, they were like, what is going on with these things? But they made these alliances with them. They built a city uh, at the urging of Fandral Staghelm. They built a city on top of the new world tree. He planted, even though the dragons were like, we didn't tell you to do that. And we're not going to bless this one. Stop building world trees for everything. Fandral. They have a specific purpose. You don't use them for everything. He's like, no more trees. Um, so that tree had its problems and it was later revealed that the nightmare Lord Xavius himself was involved in some of those problems, but at the, as a result of it, when it was burned, when that tree got burned down, it was like Taronda had finally just had enough after 10,000 years of putting up with her husband, continuously going into a deep sleep, putting up with Fandral being just such a colossal jerk all the time, putting up with all these things that happened to her people. She was finally done. And that's why she went and tried to do something incredibly dangerous and pulled it off. But after that, the, the whole Night Warrior thing, which I'm really going to... We think we've done an episode on it. One we time. have
0: absolutely done an episode on that one. So please listen to the but, previous one if you ha- if you have not heard it.
1: But as a result of all this stuff happening, now she doesn't even have her husband anymore. Taronda is in an interesting place. Uh, she's given up the, the full-on I will murder you vengeance thing she was doing. But that doesn't mean she feels good about what's going on.
0: Well, and this is sort of the impetus, right? Like, and and because we've gotten, we've we're basically caught up to the current day, at least to a certain extent, right? Where there's some. Uh, we
1: we've kind of haven't really given the Void Elves enough, but you know. Guys, we, okay. we don't have
0: we don't have enough time for that but I mean some alliances have been forged and in have been bonded like you have the blood elves and the nightborn are now eternally bonded as their respective leaders are now wed uh they are husband and wife now uh and eternally uniting those two people and that combined with Tehrand, basically ready to walk away from the Alliance, which we've pointed out a few times because in their time of need and when they needed them, the Alliance just didn't show up.
1: Yeah. Just the worgen did
0: only the worgen did. So the worgen, they're cool with the worgen like, like which, you know, as cool as you can be with a bunch of, uh, a a bunch of folks led by, you know, a man who is known by his rage, but even still it started this idea of, With the dragons now getting sort of their story, I don't want to say concluded, but we're getting closure to a lot of things that have been happening for dragons for for a very long time now. What would that look like for elves? What would an expansion that focused on everything that's happened with the elves in those moments of, of, I don't want to say reconciliation, but giving them their moments of closure? Would it be something like, what would we like to see from it? Now, Matt and I have talked about this a little bit in the past here and there. But I thought giving it a little more time to go in depth would would sort of be, I think, important. So, Matt, what is let's start with you and your thoughts on it. What would you like to see, like in an expansion that focuses on elves in general, not just the night elves, but the, the elven society as a whole? What would it do?
1: First off, high elves playable. Finally, finally. And we get to talk about their lore because they're still around. There are still High Elves. There's not very many of them, but what the heck have they been doing? We know that there's a, a High Elf village on Outland. You know, the Larian Stronghold, it's full of High Elves. Those guys aren't Night Elves. They're not Blood Elves. They're not Void Elves. They're not Nightborn. They are High Elves. You know, classic Warcraft II High Elves. What's up with them? Are they still there? Have they come back since? Uh, we know that there are High Elves still in the Alliance military because you can see them when you go to Northrend. Uh, there's there's a village of them. They work for the Alliance. They're part of the 7th Legion contingent. What about those guys? What about the various High Elf settlements like Quelleth and Lodge? Uh, some of them got taken out. Uh, the ones in the Plaguelands absolutely got taken out, but they're still the ones in, in uh, Dwarflands. W- what about them? What are they doing? What have the what have the high elves been doing in the past I, I'm going to say decade or so. It's actually actually been longer. I can't I can't remember exactly how long it's been since they they lost their homeland. And everything Joe talked about with the blood elves, imagine being like the blood elves were like basically like one out of every 10 people one out of every 10 elves that survived Arthas' attack. Like 9 out of 10 died. One out of every 10 survived. Of that group one in 10 of those people are high elves still and the rest are blood elves. And then of course there's been new children and so forth since. So the, the high elves are like the barely surviving fringe of a culture that changed into being the blood elves. And they, they've like, what has happened to them? What have they been doing? Are they all pretty much Alliance for life? Have some of them realized, you know, I want to be with my people and gone back to Quel'Thalas, even though, they're not blood elves you know has the act has there actually the years of, of drawing on fell power and now direct access to the pure light has it changed the blood elves in ways that make them physically different from high elves like or is it still just a high elf is like a blood elf with blue eyes I want to see all this explored I want to see more about them I want to see more about the void elves because the void elves are just blood elves that started practicing void magic and then the, vo- the 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 blood elves in a move that is hilariously ironic immediately reacted to them the way that the night elves reacted to the high elves Mm-hmm. it's 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 exactly the same you're practicing forbidden dangerous things get out that's like the elven response i swear to god there's probably some elven teenager out there somewhere listening to swedish metal and some their grandfather just threw them out of the house immediately as soon as they heard it that's just that's the elven solution get out um but yeah i want to know more about the void elves i want to know like hilarious not a void elf but she's kind of like the racial leader for the void elves because she has an even more profound connection with the void than they do. How does that work?
0: Yeah, because that's that's uh, a whole other thing too, right?
1: And and when are we going to get to see Chandra's Feathermoon just kick all of their butts with archery? Because she's better than any blood elf who's ever lived. And yes, I'm looking at you, Sylvanas fanboys. She's better.
0: She is. I don't want to hear it. Canonically.
1: Yeah, she is the best archer in the world. Uh, but but that's just a minor thing. I would like to see all three, all three, and I'm including Sylvanas in this, of the Windrunners back. I would like not necessarily they get to be involved in like the whole story. Like Sylvanas is busy. Sylvanas is basically trying to do the impossible and, and redeem herself in some way. So I don't think she should like show up and be on a council or anything, but I definitely would like to check in on her uh, to know what she's doing. Did she find Nathanos's soul? Uh, is it gone? Did it get turned into some weapon? Maybe it got turned into the legendary she was using. Imagine if she found out that that bow was her boyfriend
0: because the bow was given to her by the jailer
1: yeah and the jailer would have had you know the guy died so he was sent to the to the maw so it's quite possible that the jailer in one of his little moods of irony turned the guy into a bow and gave it to sylvanas
0: because he was just as good of an archer as, as she was
1: yeah well maybe not as good but he was really good he was about as good as any human has ever been uh so yeah, who knows? I don't know. But I think that would be fun to find out. Uh I'd like to see I want to see Verisa. I want to see Varisa's kids.
0: Yes, we haven't seen them in yeah. forever.
1: We haven't ever seen them in game. They have never been in game. That's not, true. Not even when we saw Varisa. Uh her not that, you know, not that Ronan's death was a minor thing, but it's done. It's over. He's been dead for a while. What has she been doing since? How has she been raising the kids? How are like and then there's the fact that Illyria and Teralion have son Arator, who is their cousin, and they're all part human. They're all like half elf, half human children. All three of them. What's that like? Why do Windrunners seem to just love humans? I mean, that literally. There's a story, a story thread we could go on. Um, I would also like to see. I want to see Nightborn Night Elf interaction. Yes, because there's a there's a fault line down that culture and. I think Taronda would probably at this point admit she made some mistakes dealing with uh with the Nightborn, but at the same time, she would be hard pressed to say she felt wrong, because the Nightborn have essentially proven her right. They didn't want to try and like earn back any kind of forgiveness. Keep in mind that the Nightborn only existed because they were directly following Ashara's orders during the War of the Ancients, until the very end, when when Elistraz, when you know Elistraz, I want to say Elastra. Is Alessandra. Alessandra, thank you. Alessandra realized, oh no, uh, she's going to get us all killed. And so using her knowledge of ancient artifacts that she'd been collecting for Ishara, she, she created the bubble around Suramar that preserved it. She was not innocent in that war. She was very heavily, she wasn't even like Dathramar who started off following Queen Ishara's orders, but quickly said to himself, she's going, she's, she's going crazy. She's these things that she's summoning through, they're not they're the ones murdering everybody. We're we're the bad guys, Klaus. We gotta get out of here. Um that is not what what you know she did. So there's there's but at the same time, as as I'm sure uh I want to say Thalysra, is that her name?
0: The first Arcanist the
1: leadership. Yes, yeah. the who's now in charge of the uh nightborn, I'm sure she would have some points to make about how you know my people were suffering and dying, and you wanted us to waste our time curtsying to you when the blood elves just offered to help us i'm sorry but it's not a hard decision Mm -hmm. you know between between the cold shoulder you were throwing our way and their open welcoming one it's pretty obvious to see why i went where i did which i don't think would help but i think it's a it's a reasonable argument point I don't think the one thing I don't think a night elf, uh, not a night elf. Sorry, the one thing an elf expansion shouldn't do is end up with all the elves like on a council somewhere making decisions for elf kind. I don't think there should be I, some kind of reproachment.
0: I agree. I, and you're you're hitting on something that I think is is very very integral to that. Right. Like I don't think it needs to be a happy ending.
1: I don't even think it needs to be an ending. I think it's it needs to be a, a story. Like yeah, what we do, what we haven't seen in years is any sort of meaningful interaction between these groups on their own we've seen them interacting as parts of the alliance and the horde but we haven't seen them interacting like just as elves as
0: elves like, yeah
1: yeah descendants of the same people um and th- they- there's a and there's been like there were moments in legion where we almost got there where we had blood elves night elves and even a few high elves all together at suramar going in to liberate it from the Legion. And that's the last time we saw that. And that's, that was tantalizing. That was this moment of where you have Liadrin there, you've got Taranda there, you've got Farisa there, and they're all kind of representing their people. And it did, you, you really kind of feel like there was sort of like a missed opportunity there. Now, again, not to make them all buddies, but to showcase how they interact.
0: And see, and that's, and that's the thing that I want to see the most is I, I, I have seen a lot of people talk about how they want to have the elves united as their own faction versus the other ones. I don't want that. And I think, and here's why, for a couple reasons. One, I like the idea of what we're seeing in Dragonflight already, where the faction divide is starting to get walked back. You are being forced to interact with members of the other factions to help the dragons, and in such a way that the dragons have laid it out, where you leave your military at home, you leave your prejudices at home. You can send your scholars, you can send your craftsmen, you can send your adventurers that want to help, but I do not want war on my doorstep. We have enough to deal with. I would be okay with the elves taking a similar approach. It's not friends and and we're going to make everything okay and we're going to erase 10,000 plus years of baggage. That's not going to happen. But the establishment of a neutral ground where they can start to interact start to assemble the pieces of their people, because that's the thing, right? Every single one of these little factions of elves has a little bit of elven history that is unique to them that the others don't necessarily know or remember. The oldest living members of the elven race right now are Taronda, who, you know, has her own wounds and 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 baggage to deal with, and they are not insignificant, as well as just now having to realize that, or I shouldn't say realize, but the reality settling in that she must lead her people by herself again with no hope of backup, and that's just her responsibility at this point. But the next oldest one is Therissa. She's been around longer than most of these other elves. And I think the next oldest one is uh Mar. No, Chandris is way older Sh- than him. Chandris is way older than him. Okay.
1: So like Chandris Chandris is alive during the War of the uh, Ancients. That's right. Chandris, Chandris that's is right. easily in fact Chandris is older than Thalysra. Actually she may not be because Thalysra was an adult and Chandris was a little girl.
0: Yeah. So I think the rest th- they're
1: they're comparable. At this point they're all basically contemporary.
0: But the point is is there's very few members of the Elven Society that are of import that are of that age and having them come together and just open up conversation, not be friendly with each other, not be best friends immediately, but to start to begin the dialogue of, I remember when this happened. I remember when this happened. Okay. Well, I remember, well, here's here one happened, example, right?
1: Here's one example of that. Actually, if you go back and look at, um, battle for Azeroth, when you go to, um, I keep wanting to say Val but that's not where I'm talking about the, uh, Nile N- Nazjatar when you go to Nasjatar, at one point Chandras shows up and goes to a place that was like a village that she like lived in that's now ruins on on the on the ocean floor that it's part of the place that uh Ashara has exposed and you basically see from her perspective what it was like when the legion came what it was like like elf society we keep forgetting this Elf society existed for thousands of years in a in a form very similar to what it was at its end. And then it just ended. And for many of them, many of them had no idea what was happening. Like go back and watch the Warbringer short with Ashara. Her people were still coming to her for help, not understanding that the demons that were coming through were coming through because she felt like nine-tenths of her own people should be dead. Like she felt like, sure, the elves should rule the world but only the really good elves. The ones the most like me. The closer they are to me, the more likely I think they should survive. The ones who are just the street rabble, I mean, if they if they die, they die. Now, that didn't mean she wanted to see her city get wiped out, because she didn't. When her city was about to get destroyed, Ashara went out there and tried to stop it. And keep in mind that that was the entire weight of the ocean, as in all the water in the world that was essentially trying to push down... On her city, and she almost stopped it. And and who out there has any real memory of her at this point? Tiranda, mm-hmm. Chandra, and Felisra Elissandra, but she's not currently accessible. But Thalissra was right there. Felisra also, and those people that were there are probably the only ones who could stand up against Ashara. And that's why I'm bringing up Ashara. Is because if there's going to be a villain.
0: It's going to be expansion.
1: It has to be Azshara.
0: Yeah, and and that you're going exactly where I was going to go for it, right? Because it's Azshara has sort of, after everything that happened in Battle for Azeroth, she's gone. We don't know what she's doing now. We maybe have a vague idea of where she is, but literally radio silence, right? We have not been back uh, to uh, Nazjatar. We have not been uh, down there because we were dealing with the Shadowlands. We don't know what she was doing during that entire time. And there's been no talk of what she did between the Shadowlands expansion and Dragonflight. And that is, I don't want to say out of character, because it is definitely in character for her to keep a low profile. Uh, But it would be one of those, if there was an elf expansion, her popping up makes the most sense. And you hit exactly what I was going to say, because those elves, those ones that have been around long enough to remember her and remember what she did are the ones that are most likely able to stand up to her in a united front and giving them something where they are forced to work together and the alliance be damned, the horde be damned, you know, obviously if you're going to send champions, we'll take them, whatever, but I'm not relying on, uh, you know, uh, all, any of any of the alliance our military army, they already abandoned us once before. I'm not going to take that risk and and put my faith in it and have it. And to hell with the horde, they can't keep themselves uh, from infighting long enough to to get anything done right. So, but if the elves show up and say, "No, this is our ancient enemy. This is our burden to bear together." and have something where they're forced to interact, they're forced to put their differences aside, at least a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that Teron's going to sit there and welcome the Blood Elves with open arms, because that would just be bad writing. Uh, but this, okay, I accept the fact that I need you in this moment, but we're going to have a talk after this is done, and it is not going to be comfortable.
1: Actually, I I was thinking about that, and I can think of a way where you wouldn't have to do that, and it would still be Teron, as we understand her. Have... As Shara target the blood elves
0: and them need the help
1: and have Taranda literally show up at some point and pull them out and say, now you owe me and here's how you're going to repay me. And that's how it gets started because think the about blood what elves, an epic the moment elves, that would be
0: though too, yeah. right? Like
1: plus the blood elves have already shown a tendency to be kind of vulnerable to Naga manipulation. Mm-hmm. Kael'thas went along with a lot of stuff. Lady Vash said, but he had no reason to go along with it. He just kind of did you know and and keep in mind too both Kael'thas and Illidan didn't really seem to understand or care what Vash was doing in Serpent Shrine Caverns she was draining all the water out of out of Outland guys <laughs> she was taking literally all of it and y'all didn't seem to be paying any attention to this it's kind of like, yeah, it's great that you've got your your horrible demon-infested cathedral at the end of the world and in, in the destroyed zone, Illidan and Kalthas, Good job on the flying Naru city you stole, but if there's no water on this planet, nobody can live here. Then what? <laughs> you know, where where's your end game for this? They didn't even seem to care. So the Naga, I can see the Naga thinking, yeah, we can we can make use of them like like we did with Kel'thuz, and. I don't think that Lorthamar would go for it, especially since he's married to somebody who would be like, no, 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 we are not doing that. But I could see it like it being like creeping through blood elf society. Like, yeah, we can rejoin with our, with the ancient highborn. We can learn secrets we've never learned before. And be like, it's not the ancient highborn. It's the Naga. You know what I mean? Like, and from there, Taronda shows up and, basically supports the Thelicera, and the Lyra is like, Oh God, I didn't want to be on the same side as her, but I guess I have no choice. Oh, this is awkward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: And I mean, and I'm just thinking of the epic moment, right? Like it's that moment where in, in to me, I'm looking at, uh I hate to say it like this was the best comparison I can give for pop culture reference that most people would probably understand. It's that moment in Avengers Endgame where the portals open up and an army flows through that was unexpected or unanticipated by the opposition, right? Think about it in either of those scenarios. Like you have, let's say, uh, you have the blood elves under siege and all of a sudden the portal opens up and here comes the void elves pouring through the, this rift in space and time. Uh, to you know, start mowing down Naga forces. You have the Nightborn going through their arcane portals, uh, bringing in their spell slingers, and then you have over the hill riding in uh, Taronda and and Chandris Feathermoon. Uh, leading guardians, leading uh, wardens, down into battle uh, to sort of be the ground forces and the archer, the archer support. But well, you've
1: seen what happens when Tyrande attacks a city.
0: Oh, she. Oh, yes, you do. She does. If not, you went to siege, yeah, the Siege of Orgrimmar, Oh, yes, please.
1: See, she. When honestly, I'm gonna. I, I say this is a joke, but I'm only half kidding. When when Tyrande showed up in Siege of Orgrimmar, I honestly thought Voljin was going to propose to her. Yeah. Like he seriously sounded like he was absolutely about to marry her. Uh, he was like, Charanda. And she's like, I'm not here for you. Let's get this over with. And it was just, it's a really great moment. Um, I, I would like to see it. I like the idea of them not forgetting or forgiving anything. And this is across the board, not just yeah, the night don't forget or forgive. They're, all of them still have their grudges, but they're all aware that as Shara nearly wiped their people out.
0: And that she could do it again, that she is, I mean, and that's the thing we talked about before. And we've talked about Azara as being this this masterclass villain threat. And why is she like that? She's patient, she's planning, she's plotting, and she's always looking for more power. Matt pointed out last week, and we've pointed this out several times, how many powerful artifacts have we just let Shara get her hands
1: on? At least one.
0: And, and we do sure
1: she didn't get the other three. Yeah. Like we left all the various, uh, p- you know, pillars of creation in the, in the tomb of Sargeras. And the last time we saw them, they were all basically in the same place. They were all kind of like in p- on pillars in various rooms. She obviously got in and got the, 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 you know, the tide stone. What's stopping her from getting the other ones. The one you know, was right
0: what- in the, right in the front hall. Right. Right. The one isn't the one was set in a dungeon tower set aside to the other side, the ages of Agramar, right?
1: Yeah, th- that one was upstairs in the night. And the temple. other three, yeah, the other three were down in like where you fought the other bosses. So yeah, like when you walk in the door of the of the Temple of Sargeras, there's a room that two demons are arguing in, and there's the hammer of Kazgaroth, like literally right there. So yeah, she could have all four of them. And for she, all we know
0: and the thing is like we said we don't know what she's been doing for X number of years, but she has I'm gonna guarantee she hasn't been idle and if those pillars of creation are one thing, what else has been what else is out there that she might have had uh maybe people looking for We know that there are several other Titan artifacts and relics and things like that that are strewn about different facilities The Naga can go pretty much anywhere.
1: Hey, one of them is a scepter that a bunch of shaman were using for a while. Yeah. Just because we couldn't use it anymore. I mean, obviously there's another artifact that was supposedly drained and no longer usable that ended up becoming sapient and is now wandering around in an elf body. You know, if Zalatath was was not quite as dead as we thought, who knows about the scepter?
0: The scepter that was originally constructed to house waters from the Well of Eternity and be used in arcane rituals that shaman then used for natural healing, because that's the only thing they understood how to use the waters for. But back in the hands of an arcane expert, the one that it was made for in the first place.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Going back to this. We mentioned that the ancient night elves had a division based on who could do magic and who couldn't. Who was an arcane magician and who wasn't. That's the origins of the Highborn. Ashara was to the Highborn as the Highborn were to completely non-magical elves. Ashara was enormously powerful. Like, powerful enough that, that when Manoroth saw her for the first time, he was like, I wanted to kill her, but I didn't think I could do it. Manoroth said that. Maybe Sargeras. Maybe Sargeras could do it. Not. Oh yeah, Sargeras could do it easy. Maybe Sargeras. <laughs> You're maybeing a Titan up against this woman. And yeah, a lot of her power was indirect. A lot of it was manipulative. A lot of it was getting people to love her because she loved being loved. But let's not forget mean- that
0: she was born with golden eyes, and we still don't yep. know what that truly means.
1: We know that it's important, but you know, it also we also know that elves get golden eyes when they get powerful. Like Malfurion didn't have them until he became a very powerful, you know, druid, druid and then he got them. But Illidan was born with them. And so is Ashara. Illidan obviously had a destiny that included fighting, you know, a, a Titan for the rest of his life. What is Ashara's destiny? Is she, is she supposed to fight something else? And or- what is her plan? Like, think about what is she planning? What is she trying to do? We well, still don't let's, know.
0: let's take it this way. Like if, if Sargeras was supposed to be her intended, uh, bow, uh, we don't know what she found out from Sargeras, or again, because she was super manipulative, what she knows about the nature of
1: Azeroth.
0: And that I think is the scariest part.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look back too, um, Ashara was somebody who took a city named for Alun, the chief goddess of the Night Elf people. She changed its name from Alundris, Eye of Alun, to Zin Ashari, Glory of Ashara. And her people loved her doing it, They were they thought it was great. So think about what's going on with Ashara and how she is in, a, in many ways. She is the perfect enemy for an elf expansion because she is probably the only thing that could get these groups together. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the ones like the void elves who, and most blood elves who don't really know how bad she is. Um, the others do like the high elves, you know, they, they would be fully aware of her because their origin story was all about this. Um, the night elves. Absolutely and the nightborn the nightborn rebelled against her because she they realized she's not just crazy and she's just not not just evil she's going to personally get us all killed
0: in her pursuit right. of power or whatever she yeah. is doing
1: yeah she's she's literally bringing demons in we got to rebel like there's just no way out of this so she'd be the force that could bring them together and once they're together to fight her it's a little easier for them to talk about what happened?
0: yeah like and that's and that's what i'm saying like when when i said at the beginning of this that the the, an elf expansion shouldn't be closure it should be a beginning that's it right like that's what it should be is it should be at the end of it at the end of whatever the outcome of whether it's the capture of azara trying her for her crimes and then arcane locking her away in the the negative universe or whatever the case is um you you come back and you sit down and like you said they don't forgive and they don't forget but they look at each other and say what's next right like where does that leave us now and if they can all admit that they messed up in certain capacities and atone for you know they're not going to have to atone for what they did because it's not going to be a quick process but have that conversation of look you need us we need you we need to find a path forward and have that expansion end with the beginning of a new tolerated uh, elven like conglomerate, right? Not a console, not one that sits there and makes decisions, but maybe ones that periodically meet at that neutral ground and talk about what their societies need.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be something as simple as we have now established diplom- diplomatic ties that we did not have before.
0: Because think about Because think about it, each of them offers something that the other ones don't have or need. Think about going back like would you not think a bunch of night elf druids showing up to Silver Moon City would help heal that scar that would help try to breathe life back into that land and maybe make Silver Moon back to what its former glory was, or at least somewhat close to it? They can't do that themselves, obviously. Arcane magic didn't fix that. Nature and magic actually, might.
1: We know that the uh that there's an old tradition that the nightborn had that they basically abandoned that was similar to druidism, if not exactly the same. Thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it melted, it used arcane magic along with the nature magic. But what if I, I, I don't, I'm not saying this to be like to bag on anybody, but I think it's the reason we don't have blood elf druids already is because blood elves don't want to listen to trolls, blood elves and trolls don't get along. The fact that they're both in the horde, it's like borderline aggression. Like they just, they just don't get along. Um, For one thing that the blood elves took a lot of land when they were the high elves took a lot of land away from the trolls mm-hmm. used to go all the way up to where Quel'Thalas is right now that all got taken from them by the, by the blood elves. I mean the high elves. So there's, there's hostility there. The entire reason humans got mages in the first place was because the high elves needed help because the trolls were pushing them out. And that's the, basically the reason that humans have a society at all and aren't just a bunch of barbarians still is because the high, the high elves were desperate enough that, Anisteria Sunstrider was willing to teach a hundred humans magic. And from there, suddenly humans were like, you know, all over the place being King high wizards of of the Eastern kingdoms. And he must've been like, Anisteria must've been in his head. Like, I knew I shouldn't have taught them. I knew it, but I had to get somebody. Nobody else was going to help against the trolls. It's not like the dwarves cared. Hmm. Ah. So there's like all this potential between the different groups in, in in interplaying in not necessarily liking each other but i bet you here's one example i bet you it's a lot easier to learn druidry from a night elf who you already kind of think is a weird tree hugging nutcase anyway
0: yep because you already you already have you're getting past that hurdle
1: already yeah and the night elves they're certainly not going to be gentle but you're an elf you're not a troll you know, elves and trolls have antipathy in a way that, that elves and, and other elves don't. Now, is the is the night elf going to be a like calm, compassionate teacher? No, they're never that, that they're a wild, frenzied people, but they're going to treat you like an elf. They're going to talk to you and assume you are capable of understanding them. Whatever else, they, they're going to treat you like an elf. And I think that that's the thing. They, the thing about an elf expansion would be dealing with that Elves have not had this in, in thousands of years, but at one time, all elves knew they were elves. Yeah,
0: this is very similar, like, before anybody says anything, this is very similar to what dwarves got to do. Think about Yeah, in a
1: way. In a way, it is.
0: Think about that. Like, they've established the council, sure, but they're not exactly best friends. And it, they're starting to slowly go back to a point where dwarves were just dwarves. You have the Dark Iron that and that have reintegrated with somewhat with the, the Wild Hammers uh, coming in there as well, and, and, and the Bronze Beards sort of coming together in a way expansions ago at this point uh, where they didn't necessarily have to forgive all of the sins of their past, and in many cases just flat out don't. We see this in all of the books and interactions and the uphill battle that Moira is fighting – uh, on that front with her, with her son and, and sort of trying to find that path forward. But at the end of the day, when they came together, it was dwarves like would love or hate the dark iron. They're fantastic mages. That's their deal. They oh, got, yeah. they got that on lock. And now what do you have dwarves running around as like, because of that, they taught other dwarves how to be mages. They mm-hmm. came back and they taught them just like Matt saying with the elves. They taught them like dwarves would teach other dwarves. Yeah. None of that,
1: none of that caring tour stuff. Nope. None of that. You know, read a lot of books and you'll be good at it. You know, for dwarves, it's a practical art.
0: Did you burn your hand? Good. Did you learn from it? Good. Don't do it again. Like that's the type of dwarf teaching, right?
1: Thing you did to your hand. I want you to do that to his hand. Yeah. Don't burn yourself. Burn them like as was it Patton? i don't want i don't want you to die for your country i want you to make that poor sob die for his country like that dwarves are practical Dwarves aren't into flowery language and thinking about deeper concepts dwarves are like you want to blow up a wall you don't have any gunpowder here's fireball done (laughs) (laughs) thus ends the lesson
0: but that and that's what but you that's exactly what you're talking about with the elves right it's exactly yeah it's the, it's the, you know, having a druid show up at, at silver moon city and, and seeing these mages trying to heal the land with this magic and going, yeah, that ain't going to work. Like, that's not how this works here. Like sit down, shut up, open your ears and listen to the land.
1: Yeah. What is the world telling you, uh, Nothing? Well, that's the problem. The world is, in fact, trying to tell you something, and you're not listening.
0: And then you have a nightborn come in that says, hey, I found this ancient text that shows how arcane and the natural order can be fused together into one form. Why don't you try this, learning what you just learned from that night elf over there, and see what happens? And then all of a sudden, land starts to to heal itself, or whatever the case is. There's a case where all of them need each other even if they don't want to admit it. And that's the most fascinating thing about a potential elf expansion.
1: Yeah. It basically, in a way the elves mirror the situation of Azeroth as a whole in that there's been long divisions that have never healed and never been fixed and they don't necessarily have to get healed or fixed immediately, but there needs to be signs that there's movement and at the same time um, we've been going for a while so we're probably gonna have to wrap soon. I will say this we've there's got to be like some actual motion on some issues mm-hmm. like it's time to fix Quel'Thalas. So having all these groups get together at the end of the expansion and fix Quelthalos would be a good way to cement whatever they're going forward as. So they're gonna have their weary maybe they the the scar that cuts through the ghostlands, they could build their meeting place there like they literally build this is where when we all come together we're going to do it here on this plagued spot that we've reclaimed as a symbol of you know overcoming something unthinkable
0: think think of the ghostlands not being the ghostlands anymore because of that unified front
1: yeah exactly um but at the same time it's not just that the void elves need to finally have like a real like we haven't gotten a lot the, the Nightborn came into the uh, Horde with Suramar at their back. The Void Elves are like absolutely refugees who had nothing. It's time to, to give the Void Elves a place. Like, what, where do the Void Elves go when they're not, you know, Void Elfing? Like, you know, we're not currently channeling any Eldritch horrors. What are we doing? Um, well, we think we're all staying at Steve's tonight. Why are we staying at Steve's again? We're always staying at Steve's. It's got the biggest couch. Like, you know, I'd like to see there be... Some place, maybe up in the twilight highlands maybe they, they could have that alliance base in the twilight highlands yeah
0: re- reclaim p- bits and pieces of the highlands why not
1: yeah and that could be where they live they could have that that's a place for them it's close enough to where they're from that they could at least you could imagine them making pilgrimages up north maybe they wouldn't get to go near the uh the sun well but they could go to quelphalos for some of them they lived in quelphalos a couple years ago you know what I mean? Like th- that's mm-hmm. that's much their home as it is any blood elves, and and like I said, you got to get the high elves in, into all this. I don't I don't know what, how to have them. Like maybe they should be another both horde and alliance race. I don't know and I don't care, but they should definitely be back.
0: Especially considering them coming out of isolation and the story of them rejoining the alliance. Why not? Right? We we've yeah. already had that established. We've had that established that they've rejoined, and and I know Matt's been talking about this for a long time. And I know other players have as well. Let us let us have playable Highborn, and give it to both. There's zero reason not to. I think that's going to do it. Unless there's anything else you want to add, we could talk for hours. Probably. Yeah. On- the
1: problem is that if I kept talking, it'd be five o'clock. Before we were the-, <laughs> the
0: the thing is, is elves need some time in the sun, right? They need some time to shine,
1: and- even if they don't like the sun and would prefer the moon. <laughs>
0: Uh but that notwithstanding, we've had a lot of and, and I, I can hear some of you out there, but we've already had a ton of elf story. We have in bits and pieces. We haven't had anything coherent or can like focused on them. They've always been a part of another story, whether it was what happened in Shadowlands what the elves were going through was just part of the story of shadowlands it wasn't a focus what the elves went through in legion was just part of the story of what was happening in legion not the focus same with battle for azeroth these are all important things that happen and i want to make sure that that's perfectly clear uh not don't want to take that away at all but they were just events they weren't the focus and I can hear you screaming, but the burning of Teldrassil was a major thing. It was for that moment. We didn't deal with the repercussions of it until way later. We're still dealing with it now. Giving us something where the elves are forced to sort of deal with that and work through that and make their way through and navigate it while they are the focus of what's going on, just like the dragons are the focus of this expansion. I think that's what we all want to see, or at least Matt and I want to see. Don't want to claim that I'm talking for everybody, but I think that we'll do it for today. Folks, blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreoncom slash blizzard watch. Your continued support means that this podcast, any community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience. Again, send those questions in. If we sparked any interesting questions uh, through this episode, send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com Uh, You can go ahead and hit us up if you are a Patreon supporter on Discord at the Patreon Q&Podcast questions channel. Uh, And if you are not a supporter, you can still hit us up on Discord in the Q&Podcast questions channel. With that, friends, we'll see you next week.